Oh my god. Hello. I mean, wow. You can talk. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> my name is Rose. I'm a human. What happened? Did you crash? I fell from the stars. I hurt my paw. Let me see. No, but I'm not safe. There are others from the sky. They're hunting me down to kill me. Who are they? Monsters. Oh, how to explain the mechanics of the infinite temporal flux? I know the Doctor Who podcast. It's like the Doctor Who podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to the Doctor Who podcast, episode 362. And we just better clear something up right at the very beginning. We are not the official Doctor Who podcast because that's owned by the BBC. We are very, very unofficial, aren't we gents? We are, we are, but we are the Doctor Who podcast. (laughs) 13 years and counting. There you go. How about that? Yes, dear listener. Welcome again. I am joined by Phil and Ian, the totality of the UK contingent of the Doctor Who podcast. Michelle, Drew and Brent represent the United States side of the Doctor Who podcast and they will be with you later on this week. And general rule of thumb is that you get total irrational instant reaction that's not been thought through from us and you get considered measured analysis from Michelle Drew and Brent. Um, so you can take your pick of which... Thanks, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> you can take your pick of which Doctor Who podcast you listen to over the course of the next few days. Um, obviously, being unofficial, that means that we have no line uh, to take. So we will tell you precisely what we think. And it's got us into all manner of trouble in the past, but it's much more fun that way. And obviously, accuracy with the Doctor Who podcast is not our top priority. It's much more about the dynamic the hosts have with each other. So facts and reasoned analysis, you're in the wrong place. But anyway, <laughs> with all that out of the way, Phil and Ian, I'm sure you are as keen as I am to talk about the Star Beast that has just finished airing on BBC One literally just now. So, I don't know who to come to. Do either of you have any burning desire to go first? I'll go first. I'll go first. Um, Clearly Phil does. Yes, I really, really enjoyed it. It's good to have Doctor Who back on a Saturday night again. It was fun to watch. Exciting, action-packed. Built up the mystery of why this face with David Tennant. Love the TARDIS interior, love the theme, love the new titles. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm just sort of caught up in the moment and maybe I want to watch it again. I might be a little bit more critical about it, but my initial take on it is I really enjoyed it. Great stonking fun. Great fun. And back to the RTD and Moffat era. We had big stories like this with unit running around. Looked a bit SWAT teamy now compared to what they're used to, but it looked great. And the production values, the big street battle... Great high energy stuff, 
while the Doctor's still being doctory, I mean, we've got these amazing new effects of the sonic screwdriver, and I absolutely loved that its use was to create a shield to protect people. <laughs> the, the Doctor avoiding the fight, using his brain, outsmarting, absolutely bang on what I want to see from the Doctor. It was new and it was different, but it was fun. Yeah, no, the whole story was really, really enjoyable. There's individual bits that we can tunnel into, but the overall impression was this was the most fun I've had in a Doctor Who story for quite a long time. Yeah, I'm I'm not that far away from you guys, I'm afraid. So uh, listeners, if you were tuning in to hear a big old bust up and diversity of opinion, then again, I think you're in the wrong place. I absolutely loved it. I sat there with a stupid great grin on my face for the vast majority of that story. Um, funnily, I, I sat down, I, I will show you because you're on Zoom, listeners, you can't see this nice pad, right? A5 pad. And that's what I do when I watch new episodes of Doctor Who because I like making notes to to point out things when I when I talk about it on the podcast. I didn't make a single note. Not a single <laughs> note because I was so caught up in the episode and I realized halfway through that any kind of review from me is going to be very unstructured and I just didn't care. <laughs> um the the only thing I would have um, made a note of I think is that point that Ian noted which is quite a coincidence the shield out of the sonic screwdriver and I just thought you know, yeah, I can see why it's there, but that would have come in quite useful at some point in the last 60 years, wouldn't it? You know, all of a sudden you can just have yeah. a force field. Zip. So back to magic wands, but don't care, really don't care. Um, Beep the Meep. What a brilliant character. Absolutely loved that character. I spent the first half of the episode thinking I have got to get one of those i don't care whether my daughter wants one or not i want one for christmas um, in fact possibly two and then the second half of the episode i was thinking how did i ever like this evil creature it's not cute in the slightest um but yeah the updated version of gizmo uh essentially um i suppose the only other slightly critical thing i can say without thinking about it is that i felt the plot really slowed down when the meep went through the transition halfway through from good to evil. And that's when we just had about 15, 20 minutes of just battles action before we got to the, the, the resolution. But that is, is so minor. It's almost not worth mentioning, but, um, but how, how did it feel for you guys seeing David Tennant and Catherine Tate back on screen again as the doctor and Donna? I did get a strong sense of going back in time throughout the whole episode, and not just because of David and Catherine. There was, a, I think, when the Doctor was breaking into the the steelworks and cutting through the fence, and I was thinking, this just feels like a story from the original RTD run, which, you know, is not surprising. So, yeah, it, it very much took me back to that era, which, you know, that, that sort of the back end of the Tenant era and the beginning of the Matt Smith era is probably the, the height of modern Who, I think. And so to, to go back and immediately evoke that feeling, I think, was, was great, and I really enjoyed it. It's probably not sustainable for a long period of time, but it doesn't have to be because we're only doing three episodes, and then we're, we're off to something new again. So, uh, yeah, it, it was more than just David and Catherine. The, the, the whole feel of it was very much recapturing that high-energy, you know, very plot-driven um, stories that we used to get, which we kind of moved away from for the last couple of years. Uh, and, yeah, loved love team David. I mean... I, David could read the, t the telephone book and I would laugh at it and enjoy it. You know, he's just so watchable and so enjoyable. And it always comes over as being just, just such a great guy. Uh, and Catherine Tate is just a perfect foil for him. And, and she's always fun to have on screen. So, yeah, it's just in enormous fun. Mm. No, I, I again, I agree. I loved watching them again in character. It felt like I was 
seeing some old friends and it reminded me of times when I really really enjoyed Doctor Who and and of course it's it's difficult to really praise this episode and how it looked how it felt so I'm just wondering if that automatically casts a bit of a shadow on the last few years and the way I'm considering it right now is I just enjoyed this so much more than previous episodes and that bothers me a little bit uh, because clearly I have not wanted to sit there and moan all the time uh, about Jodie Whittaker's era but I think it's true to say I enjoyed that episode more than any episode in Jodie Whittaker's era. Now is that even important? Is it even important? I don't know but in terms of conveying the way I feel about this version of Doctor Who I think it makes the point. I, I mean, I've not been a huge fan of the last few years, uh, as I've said many times in this podcast. I'm not sure that we have to see our enjoyment of this in the light of that being bad. Um, one of the things I've been thinking about, actually, is that there's this sense of a big reset coming along. You know, we've got this new era of Doctor Who. We've got uh, our RTD is, you know, really changed direction hard in terms of where the whole show and brand is going. And you, you get this sort of giant reset feel. And you know what? That's what he did when he brought the show back. You know, with Time War to sort of clear the continuity, he got a clean slate. And that wasn't to, you know, disparage the classic era. It wasn't to dis disparage what came before. It was to give a clean slate and then bounce off into doing what they wanted to do. And I, I, that's that's how I'm choosing to interpret where we are now. Is it's not so much, it's this nothing about throwing shade on what's been happening for the last few years. But we're on a, cl a clear playing field, so RTD can go out and do what he wants to do. And I'm enjoying what he's doing, so I'm I'm all fine with that. Mm. No, well, that's that's good because it kind of makes me feel as I mean I'm not alone in, in the way I'm feeling. But uh, but let's focus um, on some of the performances, which I I will say right at the outset here. I, I think we're uniformly brilliant. Uh, I, I simply yeah. don't think there was a poor off-note performance. Every character I bought instantaneously. It is definitely a talent of Mr. Davies, I think, uh, to create believable, realistic characters in a very, very short space of time. You know, he doesn't need half a Netflix series to establish what an individual is like mm. um, and, and and to make them fully rounded. And I, I just loved everyone here. I mean, the two leads in particular we've already spoken about, uh, but I think certainly Jacqueline King uh, and Yasmin Finney, who just fitted in to Doctor Who and the story so so well, and uh, and the characters are not e even even in Jacqueline King and Sylvia Noble. Uh, the fact that she's a returning character, notwithstanding, they didn't feel like characters that we'd seen before. They felt brand new, kind of reinvigorated, updated versions, a bit like the Tardis, the same but new and modern, and uh, it it just worked. Everything kind of clicked. Um, how do you escape a battle going on in a road? I know, you crawl up into the loft and burn through five <laughs> other attics. Is that ridiculous? Totally. Is it brilliant? Yes, I loved it. Everything was just fantastic. Um, and I was really, really keen on Ruth Madeley's performance, the scientific advisor, Shirley, I think uh, her name was, if I remember, the 56th scientific advisor. I must admit, I didn't, I didn't catch her name, I thought. I caught the, the, the scientific advisor 56, but... I didn't catch it. I think it was Shirley Bingham from, right, okay. from, from memory. Quite ironic, isn't it? All the controversy about Davros in the wheelchair. And what's in the next episode? Ruth Madeley in a wheelchair that's got torpedoes and bombs in it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there, there, there was some talk 
previously that the new TARDIS was fully wheelchair accessible. So I'm now thinking, aha, is, is this why? <laughs> is that a spoiler for the next episode? Apologies if it is. I want, it did feel a bit like a roller coaster, isn't it? Um, for me, someone spoiled me. I don't know who it was, but it might potentially have been Yui, and I'm not sure. Uh, but that, that, that TARDIS, I thought, I'd seen that before somewhere, like months ago. So I must have seen a picture of it when it was leaked from somewhere probably got passed through about 12 different people and um, it went on our facebook group and you told me off and i'm sorry oh did i really i'm sorry but (laughs) either way it's a beautiful set how big is that and you can see where the money has has gone the sfx in general were were stunning i think yeah uh, i I thought it was a fantastic mix of the size and scale and detail of the modern TARDIS console rooms, but very evocative of the TARDIS console room of old, you know, with the the roundels and the the white and the clean. Brilliant mixture, really, really brilliant mixture, and I think think would appeal to everyone. And I can just see so much dramatic stuff that could be done in that space uh, with with the lighting that they've got there and the size of the console. Yeah. And it's coffee machine. Uh, Yeah, brilliant. Donna and the coffee machine. (laughs) Um, Is it really only going to be in place for three episodes, or is this Shooty's TARDIS as well? I would assume it's shooting TARDIS. I would assume the same. Yeah. Would that not be shortchanging him? No, no. New doctors get new TARDISes. Tenant Tenant used Chris's for most yeah, of his Yeah, so, you know. Yeah. It, it it was a slightly different. It did evolve and change, but beyond that, every single time there was a brand new TARDIS set. Maybe Shooty will exchange the coffee machine for a tea machine or a mini bar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it's the brightest TARDIS since the classic era, I suppose, mm. isn't yeah, it? It's, yeah. it's, you know, this is the Warriors of the Deep uh, version of the TARDIS, <laughs> isn't it? As opposed to the um, gothic uh, overtones of uh, Tom Baker's secondary TARDIS console. But uh, and, and none of the organic components that we've got so used to over the last yeah, few years. Or... Which, yeah, being, being a classic fan, I'm, I'm, I'm not at all opposed to that. I like me a roundel. Uh, yeah, just gone is that hideous console over the last few years. Crystals, I mean, come on. Um, no. Yeah, we've now got roundels that flash. Yes, and change colour as well. Yeah, you saw. <laughs> got a disco TARDIS. <laughs> Back to the 80s, uh, quite literally, perhaps. Um, the only other thing I wanted to, uh, to mention right now is who we didn't see, um, because I was expecting to see... Bonnie Langford, potentially, at some point. I'd, I'd heard that she was going to appear in more than one episode of these first three, and there was an absence of Langford. Um, and there was also no Wilf. Um, and I'm wondering whether or not that's coming. I'm sure it must be. Yeah, I, I must admit that was my one disappointment of this episode, that there was no Bernard Cribbins, because uh, I was really looking forward to um, to seeing him. Especially they said at the end, you know, one you know, one trip to go and see Wilf. And I thought, right, the Cribbins is coming, just to run off the episode, but no. Um, so maybe that's next time, or maybe even the last episode. Who knows? I've got a prediction. Cookie theory. <laughs> of the week. Go on. Bernard Cribbins, or Wilf, set off the Tenth Doctor's regeneration. Yeah. Knock four times or something. He's going to do yeah. it again, isn't he? He's going to mm. do it again. Is, is Wilf going to be the MacGuffin for these mm. three episodes? Yeah. I think so. You uh, is search Wil- for is, Wilf. Is Wilf the boss that the Meep said at the end? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, I mean, I've never seen the cartoons with Beep the Meep, so I knew nothing about 
beat the Meep at all. So I was genuinely surprised when, when the Meep suddenly flipped into the, the evil sharp-toothed monster. That was, okay, wow. Uh, I didn't know that. I don't know if the, you, you would have known that was coming from watching the comics, but I certainly didn't. Great fun character. Uh, I loved the, the, the portrayal with the voice by Miriam Margolis. I was a little bit worried, both from the, the, the pre-publicity and when I first saw it, of this incredibly cutesy thing that was sort of doing the E.T. routine <laughs> and it, even down to hiding amongst the soft toys. But then flipping it on that which worked really well. So, no, very, very pleased with that as a, as a creature. Yeah, I was, I was beginning to wonder whether that you would go down that road of of having that flip into the genocidal maniac that Beep the Meat Oh, is. yeah, you couldn't have Beep the Meat without you, it. I know. Um, and I'd I say, you know, Mira Margulies was, was fantastic. Uh, Wasn't she? I thought she, she, she the, the, the cuteness of the of the meat to begin with, and then she sort of flipped into the nasty side, the, you know, the dark side of the meat. Um, that's gonna that's the name of my difficult second album, but um, it's um, yeah it's uh, yeah I thought she was absolutely brilliant and she didn't overplay it either. I felt actually mm. you know within the you know okay you've got this furry creature sitting on top of a rocket at the very end, but she she sold it. I thought she was marvelous. I don't think she acted. You know how we've said in the past. <laughs> <laughs> you know how we've said in the past, like, you know, Joe Grant, Katie Manning, there's no distinguishable line between the two. I think we can say the same between Beat the Meep and Miriam <laughs> Margulies. And th- they did mention this. I think, oh, again, I, I don't know where I've seen it now. It must have been a video the production office put out uh, before transmission. But I recall RTD or someone saying that, They've taken the structure of Miriam Margulies' face and translated it into the puppet or the character on screen so that actually she does look a little bit like Miriam Margulies. And halfway through, halfway through, um, my daughter, who was watching this as well, she was going, oh, how cute, how cute for a lot of a lot of it. But suddenly said, why why does it look really creepy as well and again i thought that is just absolute evidence that they've got it perfect because i just said well done wait and see (laughs) anyway we have had an absolute ton of feedback and i'm glad to say that we've had it in time uh, to talk about on this particular podcast so i'm going to go to twitter or x um, but we have had one message uh, from Jason the Dude, who sent this in prior to transmission. I was going to read Starby's comic before tonight, as I've never read it before. However, after listening to the Doctor Who podcast and getting a different perspective, I've decided I will read it after watching the TV version so I can fully enjoy the journey of the story. And obviously, I think that was the correct thing to do, Jason. Mm-hmm. Well done. Phil, you didn't, did you? No, I I listened to the uh, the big finish story actually. Um it's yes, it's different. It's different to what uh, we saw this evening um because it closely follows the comic book um from 1980 I think was when it was uh, um when it was when it was made. But um yeah, it's you that's what I mean. You still got it's still the same meep. I'm not spoiling anything there. Um it, yeah. it's still a you know sweet and cuddly um and then turns into this this maniac at the end, um, even though the reason it turns into a maniac is exactly the same as the comic book and, and the big finished one. So it's, uh, yeah, I mean, sort of tonally, the Meep is spot on, actually, as are the Wrath Warriors. Well, I, I will go back having now watched it uh, and know yeah. the story and listen to the audio and read the comic and see whether that has um, yeah. uh, an impact. 
Um, BJ Wanlan says, holy Moses, that was wild. So I think that's a positive. Mm. Wild. Uh, George Stevens says, it's nice to have the Sarah Jane adventures back. <laughs> Which uh, <laughs> I, I think he's right. Very much in, in, in tone. Matt, love the new intro and the TARDIS interior is incredible. And I had a good laugh at Donna's spill. Solid episode for me. And maybe one of the best looking Doctor Who things from a production standpoint. Yeah, I'm feeling great. Going to go and read the old Star Beast strip now. Um, yeah, a couple of things there. Then TARDIS interior, I think all three of us agree with you, Matt. Um, but the intro... Uh, I thought the intro was fantastic. So the pre-credits bits and pieces, the recap, essentially, the closest thing Doctor Who has ever done, I think, to a recap. And yep. also the opening titles. Uh, the first time I've heard the new theme tune uh, that wasn't taken directly from the audio from the concert. Um, and I think it sounded great. And I think the titles looked fantastic. Screamed Doctor Who to me. I still miss the tum-ti-tum, tum-ti-tum, tum-ti-tum. <laughs> I was just say it also screamed a little bit Star Trek to me as well with the uh, the TARDIS flying through like gaseous anomalies, just like the opening credits of Voyager. I don't mind that. I don't remember the opening credits of Voyager. Blimey, I haven't seen that in about twenty odd years. <laughs> well, actually, just about every series of Star Trek since now has it flying through a, a, some gaseous anomaly. Joseph Carey, uh, it made me feel like I was 12 and I remember the 15 years since that faithful mind wipe. I was teary-eyed and giddy. It feels so amazing and emotional as it's like that second childhood. Yeah, and I felt very, very similar there as well. Just going back and seeing how RTD managed to get out of the end of Journey's End and the use of Rose Noble as a fundamental part of the story and uh, the whole way in which... So many issues that have been brought into this episode that have never gone anywhere near a Doctor Who script in the past. And, and the way it just felt so natural and so superb. I, I completely agree with you there. Nessa says, brilliant. Love David Tennant as the Doctor. He's the best. Haven't watched it for years. Saturdays just got a whole lot better. Marvellous, marvellous. Theta Sigma, what a brilliant start to the Doctor Who 60th anniversary specials. David Tennant and Catherine Tate at their absolute best. A superb story, in brackets, adaption. And Doctor Who has never looked, in capital letters, so good. The Doctor is back and it's about time. Mm-hmm. Nice little callback there. Nice. Well remembered. <laughs> to the 96, I think. Yeah. Maybe, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Anthony says, gorgeous. I'm assuming he's found a picture of me online somewhere. Um, either that or perhaps <laughs> referring to the way the episode looked. And Cyberbloke, uh, the last message for the time being. Loved it. So much fun. And it made much more sense in the stories we've had in the last few years. The meep was wonderful. <laughs> if the name beep was said, I missed it. Oh, that's true. Was there a beep? Or was it just meep? Just meep? Yeah, I don't remember anyone saying beep the meep. Or beep beep. No, can't say I remember that. No, I don't know why it's called Ooh. beep the meep because it is just meep. Really good. Well done, Cyberbloke. You you picked up something we didn't. The new TARDIS was awesome, and it felt like Disney money had arrived. Yes, uh, it could do with some furniture in there. <laughs> so, I know it's, it's very clinical. Yes. It needs a hat stand. Stand, yeah, a hat stand, or perhaps the next um, episode is going to involve a trip to IKEA as well. Uh, we shall have to. Wait and see. Uh, anything on the Facebook pages, Ian? So in, in our Facebook group where the conversation has started, uh, Tom Nicholson, rather enjoyed it. Looking forward to the explanation of why the old face. Peter Appley says, Doctor Who is actually back. He had style, pace and was brilliant. This is even becoming a family affair again, which hasn't happened for a long time. 
I, I very much agree. This this is accessible uh, TV, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. it wasn't always over the last couple of years. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Yeah. Uh, David J. O'Brien says, I found it a bit overwhelming, nostalgic for what life was like 15 years ago and thrilled with its future. I've not been this excited about the show for so long. Huge epic and great fun. Uh, Tennant and Tate has still got that chemistry. I laughed, I cried, mm-hmm. I cheered. There is no show like this one. Absolute joy. As you can see, we've got quite a lot of people talking to us on our Facebook page and also in our Facebook group. Please do come and join the group so we can talk to each other and get a feel for what you all think. So far, all the feedback that I'm seeing across everywhere, both in our groups and more broadly, seems to be positive. So come mm. and join the conversation if you just look for the Doctor Who podcast on Facebook. Indeed. And if you are still, well, I suppose 10, 15 years in the past, which I suppose you could argue tonight's episode felt like, uh, then you can send us an email, uh, which is feedback at the com, or you can get in contact with us on x at the DR Who podcast. I think that's about it for our instant reaction. Ian, Phil, it's been great to be able to discuss new Doctor Who that all three of us robustly enjoyed. Uh, it feels like it's been quite yeah, a while very since. long time since that happened. <laughs> yes, it has. Yeah, we're in it? danger yeah. of having to give our grumpy old man cards in. Absolutely. I mean, I, I tell you guys, it's been such a long time since I've seen the three of us on screen all smiling at the same time because of an episode of Doctor Who. And that is all down to Mr. RTD. So, fantastic. Join us again in a few days where Drew, Brent and Michelle will bring you their thoughts on this particular episode. And we, of course, will be back this time next week to discuss episode two Wild Blue Yonder. Adventures in Coffee. <laughs> Dimensions in <Yes>. Coffee, absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's one of the best episode titles ever. Thank you, Ian. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Tune in next week. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was the Doctor Who Podcast with your hosts, James, Ian and Phil. You can find us at thedoctorwhopodcast.com. If you have any feedback, please send it in to feedback at thedoctorwhopodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook. Thank you for listening and take care. with neighbours isn't it because I, I have the same you know I, they're very nice 
but they are noisy and they know it. I mean, I'm not saying anything they, they don't know. I think you have to go to them and say, I really need to talk to you about this because my health is becoming affected. I'm, I'm, I'm not happy and that's not fair, is it? And then if they're still like that, Throw the shit over the wall. Oh, sorry, oh, again. sorry. Okay. 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 You felt so comfortable. You <laughs> forgot yourself for a moment there, but it's I'm fine. so sorry. I didn't. I don't mean. Anyway, I, I apologise. Uh, but...